It's Friday evening, it's five o'clock, and that can only mean one thing. That's right, it is Friday Sport with myself, Aidan Raftery, and I'll be with you for the next two hours with all the latest in sport. We'll start off, as as we always do, with um, with Premier League chat, and then we'll also have a rugby view with myself and Adrian Letty. We'll have a hurling what's the score with myself and Andrew O'Shaughnessy, League of, League of Ireland chat, and, of course, Castle Reek Cavaliers. And uh, much, much more. So uh, tune in, and uh, we hope you'll you'll stay with us and enjoy what we have. And uh, I'd like to thank uh, Joe Bambrick for another great show and and another great uh, tea brain teaser there, Martin. Well done on getting that correct. And uh, he played a lovely little song on, there at the end. Um, on Feel Good Friday and we'd like to dedicate that to all the staff in uh, the education department here in Roscommon Town so hello to you folks hope, hope you're all well and looking forward to the weekend and you, you enjoy what uh, you, whatever you have planned and um yeah, so uh, we'd like to say you can listen to us in many different ways. You can listen to us on the radio on FM 94.6, on the website www.rossfm.ie forward slash live or on the TuneIn app. And don't forget, we'd also love to hear from you. If you have your predictions, myself and Martin will be going through our predictions and, of course, Noel as well. And uh, so we'll be going through our predictions. But if you'd like to give us your predictions, why not send in a text or a WhatsApp message to 0838599748. And don't forget that like, one, once again, is 0838599748 and don't forget um, the uh, the draw today the 50-50 draw was done today uh, another great winner uh, week 5 as, Mar- as uh, Seamus was saying there earlier on so well done to the winners there the next draw is in 2 weeks time and to take part all you have to do is uh, buy, buy 1 envelope for 2 euro or else 3 for a fiver to support your local radio station and you could be the win- you could be the winner of the money and two weeks time so Martin um, plenty to and don't forget to support your local radio station it's on Monday to Friday from 9 o'clock right through until 7 with uh, something for everyone so tune in to Ross FM Community Radio so Martin uh, with regards to uh, the Premier League some interesting results and of course VAR is the uh, the dreaded VAR is is uh, haunting us again it certainly has don't get me started we'll talk about that in a very short while um, <clears throat> first of all we'll just cover the FA Super Women's League results Man City 2 Arsenal 1 Tottenham 1 Man United 2 Brighton 2 Aston Villa 6 Liverpool 0 Leicester 1 that leaves Man United uh, top of the table at the moment play 13 on 32 points Chelsea are second a point behind with a game in hand Man City have now gone up above Arsenal after that victory over Arsenal they're now on 29 points play 13 and Arsenal now have dropped from uh, where they were originally up top of the table and are now fourth. So we seem to be getting to hammering both the women and the men's. So Arsenal uh, women's are fourth at the moment, play 12 on 26 points. Moving on, we'll just get a cover of the Champions League. That's returned this week. Champions League, they're around 16. On Tuesday, AC Milan 1, Tottenham 0, and PSG 0 by Munich 1. Then on Wednesday, Borussia Dortmund 1, Chelsea 0. Club Rouge 0, Benfica 2. So the two London clubs, not a good start for their away uh, legs, but still they've got the home legs to look forward to, and maybe they're good enough to turn that round. Europa League, knockout round playoffs. Um, last night, we had Barcelona 2, Man United 2. Interesting game. Uh, Rashford on the on the goal scoring uh, sheet again. Champions League for next week as well. We've got uh, on Tuesday Antwerp Frankfurt for Napoli. Liverpool, your team Aiden playing Real Madrid, so that's going to be a tough game. Uh, Dara from work is going to that, so we uh, hope the, the result is uh, the right one for him. 
Uh, and then on Wednesday, we've got Inter Milan v Porto and RB Leipzig are playing Man City. And uh, next week, the Europa League knockout round playoffs is, again, it's Man United v Barcelona. So we're just moving on, Aiden. And the next thing, obviously, the results from the Premiership last week. West Ham 1, Chelsea 1. Blues should have been awarded a penalty when the Hammers defender blocked the ball with his hand when uh, he fell to the ground trying to block a shot on goal. VAR somehow deemed it no penalty. So that's the first error for, from VAR. Arsenal 1, Brentford 1. Brentford goal should have not been given for three reasons. One, free kick, free kick awarded to Brentford was an actual foul by Tony on the defender. Two, uh, the player who got on end of the free kick for Brentford was offside, and the final player to cross the ball for Tony was also offside. So VAR missed all three. Now, be fair to them, the first one they can't review anyway. But the two offsides, they somehow made a right clanger there. Um, now, to be fair to Brentford, they deserved the point, but the point is VAR was created and introduced to stop the refs making wrong decisions. So they seem to still be making bad decisions. Crystal Palace 1, Brighton 1. When you think VAR cannot get worse, superb Brighton goal disallowed for offside. The VAR official drew the line uh, on the computer screen, uh, not on the last defender, and hence ruled the Brighton player was offside. That's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, in an offside position when it was actually being played on by the last Palace defender. So disgraceful unreal i mean they had a very bad weekend and it's got to stop um simple as that whatever dynamics is going on in them that office where they're watching all the 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 you know the footage they got to get it right because I mean, do, you, do you think like because you we were a big advocate of us you know when it came to start and said okay this this you know the decisions are going to be right they're going to be there to support the referees help the referees and all that but like it, it's gotten ridiculous now you know they keep changing every week the, there's different interpretations of offside and like you could have two VARFs and one referee would say it's offside and another might well, like, uh, you know is, is it is it actually getting to the stage where is it actually viable? Yeah, it is viable, yeah, because yeah. we, we're, not, we're not looking at the ones that do get right. So this is yeah. trying to be near perfect, and it's human error, but they've got to avoid that. Now, the human error, it's, it's somehow they're putting themselves under pressure somehow, so they're making these mistakes, mm. like a referee might do on the spur of the moment in, when there was no VAR. He, he had to make a quick decision, and sometimes it was wrong, sometimes it was right. So, but there's no excuse here. They've got the cameras... Yeah. If it takes if it takes two minutes more, or three minutes, or four minutes, get it right. Mm. Don't take three minutes and get it wrong. Yeah, or, or even because it's worth getting it right. Even yeah. the, the fans will be patient if the decision's right. Yeah. So get it right. That's it, and I mean, even if if the if the uh, VAR doesn't make the decision, if if it's not absolutely sure, maybe you know, say to the referee, "Well, go over to the monitor and let the referee." Because sometimes, you know, in real time, a referee mightn't see the, see mm. a certain thing. But if the VAR said, "Well, listen, you know, we go over to the go over to the monitor and have a look yourself and see what you mm. think," you know, then I'm they might be able to. Then the, the referee might look at it and say, "Well, no, it was." But then again, yeah. the referee can't put the line. You don't. No, no. Inside, so I mean, the referee really shouldn't even have to go over. Yeah. Because the guys that's in. The, the, the room they are refs yeah. so they shouldn't be adding more pressure onto the referee they're there to do it let them see it let them take their time they don't mind if they get decision wrong but when they get it wrong and they've taken three minutes already 
to make it wrong. It's just like, what's going on? Is the guy having a cup of tea or is he even in the office? Mm. So they need to... Maybe maybe they should explain to viewers, you know, have a little program showing what actually goes on. Yeah. What are the pressures? Is it when they're doing eight matches or seven matches? Is there a pressure because the amount of player matches they're doing, they could have an incident going on at the same time? What's causing it? Why why are they making mistakes? So they need to solve it quickly. Yes, they're always going to make an error, but this is, you know, these are, these these are errors that shouldn't happen. There shouldn't be any errors, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. You know, but anyway, we move on. Uh, Fulham two, Nottingham Forest nil. Leicester four, Tottenham one. Uh, Southampton one, Wolves two. Saints one nil up, and Wolves had a player apparently wrongfully sent off after a second yellow. Uh, but alas, Wolves went on to win, piling on the pressure on Saints manager as the Saints remain bottom. Saints boss Nathan Jones sacked after 94 days in charge, only eight Premiership matches. Uh, maybe. Uh, they should have uh, sacked, not sacked uh, Hasselhottel, and uh, Jones should have uh, stayed at Luton. Uh, Bournemouth 1, Newcastle 1, Leeds 0, Many Night 2, 9 matches without a win now in the, in the same season, has equal Leeds' uh, previous record. Um, next two matches are very important because they're six-pointers as they play Everton and Southampton, who are also down at the relegation end of the Premiership. Man City 3, Aston Villa 1, Liverpool 2, Everton 1. Important win for the pool, see them leapfrog into ninth position above Chelsea, while the Toffees remain in the bottom three. I suppose the big game of the weekend had to be Arsenal 1, Man City 3. Uh, Pip Sky Boos back on top of the Premiership after scoring two second half goals. Arsenal made two mistakes and City chumped uh, uh, at the opportunities. Uh, one all at, at the break. Arsenal were the better team in the first, first half but maybe lacked experience when under pressure to cope with the experienced uh, City uh, that uh, they showed in the second half. Uh, where now for Arsenal after City struck a huge blow for Arsenal's hopes of winning the title and boosted their uh, expected retention of the title. So, uh, yeah, that was a big game, Aiden. that, that yeah. game. I uh, didn't see it, um, but uh, it just shows you how good Man City are. And I suppose many people did expect Arsenal would have a blip. This is it, that's for sure. They've uh, not won in three games. Man City... Uh, defeated Arsenal first team to beat them at uh, home this season so it's uh, looking, looking daunting um, but I think a, couple, a couple of areas that could have been avoided um, and that's down to experience maybe pressure I don't know I didn't see the game mm. but I know there are two areas that uh, could have been avoided um, but t- City are top now and uh, I think Arsenal were top since the beginning of the season nearly so uh yeah, what's your views on that? City all the way now, is it? Or? It's, well, like anything can happen. I mean, um, you know, I think, um, am I right, Arsenal have a game in hand. That they, still have, they have a game less played, I think. So. Yeah, a game in hand, yeah. But, but, I, mean, but I mean, Man City, if they keep winning, it's... It, yeah. they, they, like, I mean, for Arsenal to go back top, they need they need City to slip up, either get a draw or lose. Mm-hmm. For that, and, and Arsenal need to win that get their game in hand to, to go top. It's a tough ask because, uh, as we as we just said, that the sort of squad that uh, Man City have cannot happen. I mean, it happened earlier on in the season, but you know they still came back and they're they're on top again. So I mean, also yeah, they've had a, a dry spell now. They're not they don't seem to be scoring. Apparently, the uh, penalty they got wasn't a penalty. Mm. So um, yeah, well they're they're top now on goal difference. So uh, we'll see where this takes. Uh, I like to think Arsenal will try, uh, hopefully bounce back and start. 
establishing the uh, the, the play the form of play they had uh, f- well up to about uh, the last uh, just there before February uh, so we'll see what happens um, other soccer news I thought this was a little interesting piece here this is a form of cheating by Chris Sutton it was written in the Daily Mail there's no better better than Jack Grealish at leaving a leg back to initiate contact he's a master manipulator in the way on Sunday, on Sunday last, he was uh, ensured he would get. Uh, this is against the Villa game. He would get caught by Aston Villa's Jacob Ramsey. No Premier League player has won more fouls in the final third uh, than uh, him this season. But I don't look this as a sign of cre- creativity. I looked at uh, this as a form of cheating. He's right. It yeah, is cheating. Definitely. The refs need to stamp it out or VAR because it's happening too much with a player. I saw that tackle and straight away I spotted a thought. That is not a foul. But to be fair, and, he's, and, he's not the only one that's at it. Yeah. Like other players do. And then when you hear, say, commentary on BBC or Sky, they say, well... The defender shouldn't put himself in that situation. Of course, he has to put you. He has to try to tackle the man. He's not going to let him run past. So that's stupid. It's cheating. The defender's put the leg there. The defend the the attacker or Grealish, whatever, is actually propelling himself into the leg. It's not the other way around. Mm. It's it's Grealish in this case is the one actually tackling the defender. It's not a foul. It's a bookable offence. It's cheating. Get it out of the game. Simple as that. So there's too much of that still going on. Why doesn't VAR... That, that could be another thing that maybe VAR should be... I don't to, think they... That, that's in their... It should be added to it. Though. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if, they get, if they get the offsides right, they'll be doing well. Yeah, um, so, um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think it should be mentioned or brought up if there's a if the guy gets a second bookable offence because mm. then he gets a red card when he shouldn't have got one in the first place. Mm. I mean, there was a, also a dispute there about... Uh, um, uh, Southampton Wolves with the Wolf, uh, is it Southampton Wolves with the Wolves player was sent off. I think it was Wolves player anyway. I could be wrong. And the referee apparently booked him because there were three players coming up to protest, and he was the f- the third one. Yeah, yeah. And he booked him and sent him off. Maybe do you think another <coughs> way? Maybe stamping that out. Just just an idea off the top of my head. You know, like what they do in in ladies football and in. in um, in rugby as well is you know a yellow card means you go off for five or ten minutes I mean if that player goes off for five or ten minutes a lot a lot can happen for the opposition in that ten minutes like that 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 ten minute advantage to the other team mm-hmm. um, you know because if, if if a team is without that player for ten minutes it could be the it could be the winning and losing of a game if if the other if the other if the other team uh, take advantage of that maybe that could be, but then again in that ten minutes another player or two could mm. send off. Well, I think VAR should be able to tell a referee if they feel that uh, a yeah. booking wasn't uh, correct or a red as well. I mean, the, remember uh, Casamarino or Ca- Casamero yeah. when he got sent off and it, everyone thought, well, you can't be doing it. You're holding the guy around his neck, and of course it turned out from another camera angle he wasn't. Yeah. He was actually stopping the man going forward, and his hands were on his shirt lapels. Mm. Yeah, that wasn't overturned. And yet, on the women's football game there, the game the, the other day, Man United v Liverpool or someone, um, the Man United player got sent off because it looked like he she had belted the player on the ground. Right. Yeah. But the, the After a bad yeah. tackle, right? And yet, the women's federation, whatever, have overturned that, made it just a yellow. And they're booking the uh, lady who feigned injuries by putting her hands to the face. Now, that's a quick response. That's what they should do. But they should do the same in 
the Man United case. Yeah. Say, well, actually, we made a mistake there. That isn't the straight red. But they didn't. That's it. And I mean, like, but that does not just go to show you kind of my, my point with referees. You could have one incident, get two referees to look at the same incident, and the two referees would have would have two different would have two different interpretations. One would say, "Oh, it's a yellow card." Mm. Another person might, another referee might say, "No, it's not a bookable offence." Or one would say it's well, a yellow, and another might say it's a red. They, you know, they have so. to see guidance on the rules, whatever the rules is, and the video footage should be able to come to the right decision. Simple as that. Um, so we better move on to the games coming up, Baden. Yes, that's right. Um, so this Saturday, uh, next round of games, we've got Aston Villa, who are eleventh on twenty-eight points. They're playing. Arsenal, who are now second, we've been saying it for so long that they've been number first, but no, no longer, on 51 points. Uh, the Gunners won 2-1 back in at the beginning of the season in, in August. Uh, the Gun, Gunners won, have won the last three matches against uh, Villa as well. The, the Villains have only won twice at home in the Premiership v Gunners over 24 years, and that's in 21 games. So Arsenal have got a fairly good record there. Gunners still have the best away form in the Premiership. Played 11, won 8, drew 1, lost 2. Gunners have the equal best defence away as well, with Newcastle only conceding 7 goals. Villa only one win in the last four home, uh, home Premiership matches. Gunners failed to win in their last three matches, as we know now, and they're no longer top of the Premiership where they have been since 20th of August, Aidan. So, are. you know, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I think fair play to them. They gave... At least they were up there for a good while anyway. Emery may want to prove a point uh, to the Arsenal board that they should not have sacked him. So uh, I like to think Arsenal would be ready for that. Arsenal in danger of now being caught by teams behind them. For example, Man United are only five points behind. Uh, or, they, or will they recover to fight with City to the, uh, for the Premiership crown? City have been there before and will be many people's favourites. Arteta's Arsenal need to regain their form and... Uh, that they've had between August and January, and they need to do that now. So, uh, yeah, uh, Villa v Arsenal, Aiden. Yeah, I'm going to go for Arsenal. I think really, you know, you said this uh, that they haven't won their la- in their last three games, um, especially when you consider that they lost to, to Man City three one. Hmm. Uh, you know that they obviously have things that they need to address from that game. So if they can tidy up those few things. Um, I think that they, they, they should get the three points out of this one. There's no coincidence, far as I'm con- concerned, Arsenal were missing Thomas Party. Yeah, well, that's that's <coughs> it. Um, okay, I'll go for an Arsenal win as well, Aidan. <coughs> uh, Brentford are uh, in a London derby. They're eighth at the moment on 34 points, 35 points. They're playing Crystal Palace, who are 12th on 25 points. London rivals drew early in the season 1 all. They have only met three times in the Premiership, all draws. Last time these two sides won a league match against each other was 1963-64. Paul, uh, you were born, Aidan, uh, uh, in the uh, div- season of uh, which was Division 3. Mm. Bees only lost one home game this season. Bees unbeaten in the last ten Premiership matches. Palace no wins in the last six matches. Brentford v Palace. Brentford v Palace. Mm, Palace are. Mm, I'm going to go for. I actually. I, I fancy Brentford on this one. I'm going to go for Brentford. Although it could be a draw, but I'm going for Brentford. I'll go for Brentford as well, Aiden. Then we've got next up is Brighton. Sixth at the moment on 35 points are playing Fulham, who are seventh, also on 35 points. Cottages won 2 1 at the beginning of the season. Seagulls and Cottages have only met five times in the Premiership. Seagulls yet to win. Two wins for Fulham. 
Brighton v Fulham. Brighton v Fulham. Well, this uh, is the team you often go for. Yeah, I, but we know Brighton are no mugs either, don't well, we? This, uh, I think this is going to be a very close game. But I'm gonna, I'm might, I'm just gonna shade it for um, for the cottages, the for Fulham. Yeah. I will go for Brighton. So I will. Um, I think they're a very good team as well. So. Uh, it's a very. Uh, that's to a very me, the obvious result there would probably be a draw, but yeah. Um, but it's a tough. It's a tough prediction, you know, because they're both very good teams. Like they're both kind of equal in. Um, tough game for Europe. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, next game, Chelsea tenth, thirty-one points against Southampton, who are rock bottom uh, of the table on fifteen points. Funny enough, those Saints won two-one back in August. Uh, Blues only one win in their last seven Premiership matches. Saints have lost nine of their last ten Premiership matches, and that's why they are no longer with manager Jones. Chelsea v Southampton. Chelsea v Southampton. Uh, oh yeah, I'm going to go for Chelsea on that. I will do the same. Uh, next game now. This is an interesting game. Everton, who are 18th on 18 points, playing fellow relegation uh, threatened team Leeds United, who are 17th on 19 points. 30th meeting between these two sides in the Premiership. Toffee Shaden wins by 9-8 to eight with 12 draws. One all back in August at Allen Road. Toffee's only one defeat in the last 10 Premiership matches versus the Lily Whites. Toffee's only one home defeat against Leeds in the Premiership, which was 14 matches back in 2020. Uh, Leeds only won a w- one win away all season. Everton only one win in the last 10 Premiership matches. Leeds only one win in the last 10 Premiership matches as well. So two teams that are struggling still. But we have to believe with Dice on the scene, he, he got the win against uh, Arsenal, couldn't, couldn't pull it off against Liverpool. But uh, we'll see what happens. Everton v Leeds. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm, I'm tempted to go for, uh, for um, a Leeds win, but... It could be, and even with the dice thing in, it, 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 the dice factor into it. Um, I, I think the most uh, for for me, I think it's a draw. Okay, I will go for an Everton win. Then we got fourteenth place Nottingham Forest on twenty four points against Man City, who are now uh, Premiership leaders on fifty one points. Only met seven times in the Premiership and all level with two wins each and three draws. Beginning of the season, Sky Blues, Sky Blues thrashed for a 6-0. Uh, last time these two sides met in the Premiership at Forest was 1995, Forest winning 3-0. Man City have only won half. This is interesting, Eden. Considering you know they've just gone top as well. Man City have only won half of their away matches this season. That's five. Whoa. Forest unbeaten in the last seven home Premiership matches. Man City will be buoyant after defeating Arsenal at the Emirates on Wednesday night, seeing them leapfrog over Arsenal into first place. Is this where they pull away from the rest of the top five? Nottingham Forest soon, Man City. Nottingham Forest v Man City. I'm going to go for um, Man City. I'm very tempted to go for a draw, Aidan, because I think Forest are building a bit of a fortress there, and I've watched them play lately, mm. and they are good, but I'm going for an away win because of how good Man City are but it's not impossible because mm. Man City have dropped points before and it's not a case of me being desperate wanting them to drop points now but Forrest cannot be taken lightly 
I can tell you that. Uh, so I will go for Man City as well. And then we've got Wolves 15th against Bournemouth, who are 19th on 18 points. Only played five times in the Premiership. No wins for the Cherries, only two draws. Nil-nil at the Vitality Stadium back in August. Met only 16 times in all competitions. Six wins each and four draws. Bournemouth have, Bournemouth have the worst away form in the Premiership. They've played 11, won one, drawn two and lost eight. Five points from a possible 33. They have conceded the most goals away this season, 32, which is an average of three, uh, three every game. Wolves have won three of their last four matches. Bournemouth failed to score in their last four away matches. And Bournemouth only one win in the last 13 matches. Not looking good for Bournemouth. Wolves and Bournemouth, Aidan? Yeah, um, I'm going to go for a Wolves win on this one. I will do the same. And then we got an interesting game. Newcastle, four, 41 points against Liverpool. Ninth from 32 points. The Reds won 2-1 at the end of August. Team's only Premiership loss of the season so far. Uh, last, well, <coughs> excuse me, the last 12 Premiership matches between the two teams and Liverpool Pool have not lost. Newcastle have lost at home. Newcastle, sorry, haven't lost at home this season. Two, and they're the only team now actually in the Premiership not to lose at home. Teams only lost one Premiership match all season. Toons have the best defence record in the Premiership, conceding only six goals. Toons have drawn five of their last six matches. Poole have lost six of their last ten away matches this season. So, an interesting game here, Aidan. Yeah. Newcastle-Liverpool. I think now this is going to be a tougher game than many people might say for Liverpool. I mean, we, we've, say, we've say, said here on the show how, how much, how, how brilliant they are this season. Uh, Liverpool, I think they really need to bring their A game for this one. Uh, it's an away game. You know, sometimes they can be a bit iffy away. Um, I know they'll, they'll be buzzing after a, after, a game, after a win against Everton, but then again, that's just a, Everton. Um, I'm going to go for Liverpool, but it's going to be a, t- it's going to be a, a tough task for them. And I will go for a draw. No problem. And then we've got Tottenham fifth. Oh, sorry, Man United third on 40, 30, 46 points, playing Leicester, who are 13th on 24 points. Foxes have only won four matches out of 33 for the Red Devils in the Premiership. In September, Man United won 2-1 at the King's Power Stadium. 98 goals have been scored in this fixture, so 100th could be easily scored uh, this weekend. Red, De- Red Devils only one defeat at home all season. Red Devils unbeaten in the last 10 home matches, winning 9 of them. Red Devils have scored in 10 of their last 11 home matches this season. Foxes have won back-to-back Premiership matches for the third time this season. So Man United v Leicester. I'm going to go for United win on this one. I will do the same. And then we've got uh, Tottenham, fifth at the moment, 39 points. Against West Ham, 20 points. Uh, one all in this London derby at the end of August at the London Stadium. Ham has only one win away all season. Uh, Spurs have not won more than two games on the trot this season. Ham has only one win in the last 10 Premiership matches. Tottenham v West Ham. Oh, this is an interesting one. Um, Tottenham versus West Ham. I'm mm, I'm tempted to go for a draw. Um, I'm going to go just about for a Spurs win. Okay, I will do the same. I'll just give you Noel's predictions. He's going for Arsenal, Brentford, Brighton, Chelsea, Leeds, Man City, Wolves, Liverpool, 
Man United and Spurs. He did give Fulham as well, but uh, I think that's a Friday game next week, so that's not included. Uh, Dara is going for uh, he's going for Villa v Arsenal to be a one-all draw. Brentford uh, two, Palace one, Brighton two, Fulham nil, Chelsea two, Southampton one, Everton one, Leeds nil, Forest one, Forest one, City Man City three, Wolves three, Bournemouth nil, Newcastle one, Liverpool two. Man United 2, Leicester 1, and Spurs 1, West Ham 1. So they're the predictions for the Premiership. Um, I think as it stands at the moment, Aidan, I think I've stretched my lead on you to 4 now from the last week. I didn't give you the um, result of last week's predictions. Just bear with me for a minute. How do you feel about that being behind on the predictions? Uh, sure, then? look at pressures for tyres. I won't be worried. I won't worry too much. There's plenty of games left to come back. And close the gap there. You were, was it six one down at one stage? And yeah, there you go. I came back. Before I do it again, Martin. You know came back. Mean? Came back to six five. Yeah. Uh, as it stands, uh, yeah, Aiden, you got. I got six out of ten. Six out of eleven. Sorry, on the last one, you got four out of eleven. Noel got five out of eleven. Darrow got five out of eleven. So at the moment, it's Martin nine. Aiden five, so uh, may that continue. <laughs> so just bear with me now. There's just a little bit more here to go. I think American football is probably next. Obviously, there was a big game. I don't know if you saw the game, the Super Bowl. I didn't get to see it, no. But uh, I heard the the, um, the Kansas City Chiefs won it. Yeah, arguably the best uh, <clears throat> Super Bowl ever. Um, brilliant game. Uh, Turning and throwing throughout throughout the game. Philadelphia Eagles 35, Kansas City Chiefs 38. Best game kept till the end. Uh, the best Super Bowl stats as well. This is the first Super Bowl in which both teams scored at least 35 points. Hertz became the first quarterback to rush for three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. He was on the losing side. Uh, Hertz also set a Super Bowl record for rushing yards by quarterback, uh, which was 70. Facing the team with the second most sacks in a single season in NFL history, the Chiefs' offensive line didn't allow Patrick Mahomes to be sacked once. It was a brilliant game. In the end, you could argue that errors cost uh, Philadelphia, but to be honest, if if it went to extra time, it would have been warranted for both teams. A brilliant game, brilliant game. Um, and to be fair to the Chiefs, they were down at half-time. I think it was... I can't remember the score now. It's either 22-12 or 24-14. Uh, so they had to come from behind to win. But both quarterbacks were equally as good. You could argue Hertz was... He made a, he made one terrible mistake where he got a ball and he dropped it. And as he dropped it, his leg kicked it forward and the Chiefs picked it up and scored. Oh. And then he followed it up with two or three drives where he scored every time. So he made up for that. So... Uh, very close game. Hard to hard to know who deserved it really because both teams were that good. So yeah, and of course a fitting a, fit, a fitting way to uh, I suppose to to finish off what what seems like you know going through the the, the past number of weeks uh, an interesting season wouldn't you say to sum up the season and very uh, good yeah very yeah. good season I mean the two best teams in both divisions uh, got through to the Super Bowl. Uh, remember when Philadelphia were they had that run I think was it eleven games they won on the trot. Uh, it's a disappointing end for them. Uh, there was two brothers on the, uh, each, uh, a brother on each side as well. Oh, That's the yeah. first time in the Super Bowl. 
Uh, one was a defender, one's a forward. He actually scored the um, the equalising try because uh, Philadelphia took the lead, and he scored the equalising try. So uh, and uh, and the mother was wearing a a, a coat which had both oh, colours of the teams, <laughs> and that's actually in America you're not allowed to do that. Oh, really? um, but that's the exception. If you've got a son on the team, on both sides of the team, they don't allow the. You know, you go to a Premiership game or something, they have scarves for both teams. Yeah. There's none of that nonsense going on. So, brilliant Super Bowl. I'm sure we'll cover it again next season. Maybe we'll, we might find someone who really knows about the Super Bowl far more than me on American football. But that's it, and No problem. Thanks very much. And, uh, yeah, no, just before, just before we go on, we're just going to uh, have a look uh, through the. Uh, through the Roscommon District League uh, fixtures for for the coming weekend, and uh, yeah, so tonight in the uh, second division, uh, Glen Celtic take on a Hasker United that has a kick off of um, eight o'clock tomorrow. Then Saturday in the Roscommon District Football League Premier Division, Boyle Celtic take on CPHX and uh, the Castlereagh Celtic versus St John's Athletic. Uh, game that has been postponed and uh, in the reserves league Ballinagar Manor versus our home to uh, Clune Fad United that's due to be that's at uh, midday that game is actually postponed um, so that, that'll be another date will be given for that game um, Moore United take on Shivan Rovers that's at 12, 12 midday and uh, moving on to Sunday and uh, the, 20, the 19th of February in the Premier Division Moylock 79 take on Ballinasloe Town at 2pm and Kilkern United take on Ballinadreen FC both of those games are at 2pm and moving on to the first uh, the first division Roscommon United take on Ballymore with a kick off of 11am uh, Cam Celtic take on Dunmore at 11am and Dysart are at home to Ballinasloe Town B at 2pm and finally Ballinagar Manor are at home to Clune Fad United at 2pm and that is a must win for uh, Ballinagar Manor uh, they're, on a, they're on a gun run, run results at the moment so we are so hopefully um, hopefully we can get another win we drew with them there before Christmas so uh, that that's going to be a, an interesting game on Sunday a must win game for Ballinagar Manor and uh, in the second division uh, St John's Athletic B take on uh, uh, versus uh, Rahara Rovers that has been uh, postponed and in the Roscommon District Football League Women's Divisions tro- Division Trophy Final Castlery Celtic take on Colmanstown at 2pm and uh, in the Roscommon District Football League uh, Women's Division Balhadreen take on Kilcurn United at 2pm and um, Cam Celtic take on Boyle at 2pm and uh, that is your uh, that is your Roscommon and District Football League Roundup for this week, and uh, just to let you know, um, just a, a quick reminder: we'll be we'll be playing, um, we'll be have a have an interview with um, with uh, with Andrew O'Shaughnessy later on in the show, uh, where we looked at where we look back at games from last weekend, and we bring you all the latest in in hurling news. But uh, the Dylan Quirk uh, Foundation match between Kilkenny and uh, between Kilkenny, between Tipperary and Kilkenny takes place this weekend, and uh, my friend Noel, myself and my friend. And Noel went to see Tipperary training there uh, last last Tuesday week, and um, you know it was great to see them training. Uh, there was a real buzz about them as well, and um, I actually got to got to meet Liam Cahill and. Um, 
and uh, also um, Cahill Barrett and uh, Conor Bow. Uh, unfortunately, Conor Cahill Barrett is uh, is out injured. He sustained a collarbone injury, so he's going to be out for twelve weeks. And uh, there's uh, they have one or two other injuries as well. So we'd like to wish uh, those players all the best uh, in, in their recovery. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, if, if you're interested, in my my friend uh, Noel. I'd like to give a shout out to him, a, a passionate Tipperary hurling man. Um, fan as well and uh, he was saying that there is a link um, if you look up if you google uh, the Dillon Quirk Foundation game between Kilkenny and uh, between Tipperary and Kilkenny there is a link where if you're not attending the match um, you can you can uh, stream the game and you can get a, a 32 page uh, program as well online program um, for 20 euros so if you google that there and you'll be able to get more information on the match so uh, as we know um, poor old, poor old uh, Dylan um, Dylan Quirk passed away there he had a, he had a heart problem and uh, he he uh, passed away while he was playing for his club um, really devoted football or hurler for uh, for uh, for his club and uh, county, so uh, rest may rest in peace and fair play to the play, fair play to uh, the family for setting up the Dylan Quirk Foundation as well. So uh, hopefully there'll, there'll be a huge attendance at the match and uh, Noel is going as well. So I'd like to say thanks very much, Noel, for that. And uh, it was very enjoyable to watch the the Tipperary hurlers uh, training there. Not last Tuesday, but last Tuesday we last Tuesday fortnight. And um, so uh, the best of luck to Tipperary in that game and. Uh, uh, of course, um, Kilkenny, and of course, Kil- Tipperary bet uh, bet Kilkenny in Nolan Park there last weekend in the National Hurling League, and Jason Four got man of the match. So uh, fair play, Jason, and uh, you know, as I said, hopefully the injured players will be will be back again soon. I know. Um, Cahill Barris is out for 12 weeks with his shoulder injury. So, up next, we have uh, Rugby View with myself and uh, Adrian Eddy, and that's coming up after this. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? You're very welcome to this week's Rugby View with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and the show is, as always, kindly sponsored by Best Drive here in Ross Common Town. And don't forget about our 50-50 draw here on Ross FM Community Radio. And uh, to take part, it's, uh, it, takes part it takes place every fortnight, and to take part, all you do is buy an envelope. It's one for it's one envelope for two euro or three for a fiver. So why not support your local radio station by buying one? And you you could win that. You could win the jackpot. So the next draw is is uh, well it's today. So we let you know how that goes on next week. So um, Adrian, as always, we have Adrian Ledley from Craig's Rugby Club uh, taking us through all the things, uh, all the local rugby and national rugby and things like that. And uh, we'll kick off, I suppose, with um, with Craig's as we always do. And uh, the minis, uh, the mini team was on uh, was on tour at the weekend. That must have been exciting for the players. That they, they, they must have had a great time. Oh, absolutely! It's uh, fantastic when you have a major blitz, and uh, all thanks to uh, Banlaslow for inviting Craig's over. Um, they put on a, a great show for our young boys and girls, and. You know, it's um, it's nice to visit other clubs, and it's nice to get the uh, the good welcome that we always get in in Ballinasloe. And you know, it's um, it's it's, um, it's fantastic for them. And they, you know, it's uh, it, at this time of the year, weather improving, uh, ground conditions better, and the youngsters um, all all enjoy the games a lot more. 
That's it, and of course we, we, we'll uh, be talking about the Ireland team later on, but they're going well, so that's going to inspire uh, new young lads to come to, to to join the club as well and get involved in the minis, which is which is as as we always say every week a very important a very important cog in any, in any club as well. Uh, that that's where it all begins, and I think that the players, you know, whether they make it or not, once they get up to adult level, and regardless of how they got on, they never forget their years with the the mini rugby team where it all started off for them. Absolutely, and uh, you know, it's a it's a great way to to learn the game and to come in at an early stage and get good coaching, and it 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 helps them, as you say. Uh, even if they leave the game for a short time, they're able to pick it up uh, uh, again. And, you know, we, we've seen that uh, from mini rugby up to uh, youth uh, um, all over the years. And, you know, it just shows the, the great work um, that has um, taken place at, at mini rugby within within the club. Uh, only for it... Uh, have such a, 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 a hinderland of young boys and girls to come to come out to Craig and all the, to, the, all the coaches and all the parents that continue to uh, bring them to these blitzes in Banaslow and, and elsewhere around the Prince and to bring them out training at 10 o'clock every Saturday morning. And I suppose as well as that, like you, you mention it every week about the first team players, uh, you know, that's where it all started out for them at mini rugby. And, uh, you know, a lot of the players, when they get to that stage, they, they like to give back to the club. So they, they get involved and they, they get involved in helping out with the mini rugby as well, which, which is great for the kids as well. well that's, the, that's the lovely thing about it, Aidan, uh, is to see the, the number of uh, first and second team players that are prepared to give uh, uh, something back to the game and coming out and helping uh, uh, mini, mini rugby. And, uh, you know, the, the, that's, the, they, loved, uh, they love that and they look up to uh, the first team players. And, you know, it's always, it's always great to, to have new voices and new people and people that knows the game well uh, to be come out there and, and coach them and, be, be part of the setup. That's it. And moving on to the other twelve blitz, uh, a big event in Craig's over the weekend. Uh, a lot of t- a lot of players taking part, and uh, it's always a, it's always a great event in Craig's Rugby Club. I heard there was a, a, a big attendance at it. This is a, is a major event uh, every year. Uh, uh, Craig's hosted it this year. Uh, it's a competition, but uh, but for kind of rugby. Uh, um, run, run, run by them, and you know we get uh, players from all over the province, and you know it's, it's, it's a huge amount of of players, and only for you have the uh, facilities and the amount of uh, pitches, uh, we wouldn't be able to court, court, um, cope uh, with with the numbers. But all all credit, everything uh, went as clockwork. But it all goes down to our mini rugby coordinator Shane Flemon. He's a absolutely fantastic organizer, and he he had everything uh, properly set up with 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 all his team, including his own wife. And um, it was all hands on deck. And uh, but it was uh, down to Shane to put the put the coordination into it and. You know, when when it's run like that, having um, stewards, referees, everybody in place, food, everything, 
um, you know, it's it's uh, a very enjoyable day, and uh, we have got a lot of uh, tributes from other clubs that have come back and 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 thanked us for the the way that it was run, and it it was a fantastic day for all the under twelve youngsters that uh, took part in it. And uh, moving on to the under forty or the under fifteens, unfortunately, they lose out to Ballinrobe. Yeah, they did it. Uh, they they did it, and uh, yeah, they like uh, I watched the game myself uh, on Sunday, and you know I thought in the first half that we were the stronger team, and we we definitely were the stronger in in the in the forwards, and you know we we uh, were we should have scored more in the first half when we had when we had so much ball. Unfortunately, we didn't, and. Uh, um, Balanad uh, turned over the game. Balanad started to move the ball wide and uh, caught us out for probably two tries, which was the win of the game for 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 Balanad. Balanad it was a, a lovely game of rugby, um, played played in the right spirit. And you know, it's, um, our under fifteen side shouldn't be too disappointed. They, you know, they they were missing maybe a couple of players and um, important players and. Uh, you're up against a very strong side, always. Uh, Ballinar are, are, are one of the strongest teams that you can come up against at youth level. But the under-15 side are still there, and uh, they can maybe do well in 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 a cup run. And we'll we'll wait and see um, that maybe some of the the um, errors that they made on um, on Sunday that they will be corrected for their next game. That's it. And even though they, they lost the game, they did a lot of things right. It's just, uh, I suppose, what would you say would be the the, uh, the learnings from the game for, for uh, the Craigs under-15 boys? Yeah, well, I think um, the, the one strong point was that we, we need to um, uh, come up in a, in a line in, in defence. Um, and, uh, you know, we were... We were caught out uh, wide on on a couple of occasions, so we 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 need to watch that that we we have people to cover cover along the line, and you know in carrying in carrying the ball, maybe that uh, at times we we drove on too far uh, with the ball, um, we were caught for holding on to the ball in in uh, in malls and rooks, and uh, you know that 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 cost us when we were getting ourselves into good positions. Uh, Penalties were given against us, so you know. The, hopefully, that the players will will learn from that and be able to de- able to deal with it going forward. That's it. And uh, moving on to to great news for um for for Craig's Rugby Club and six girls uh, made uh, represented uh, represented Craig's on, on the Connacht squad on the Connacht under eighteen girls squad, and these were Nadine Fitzmaurice, uh, Roisin Maher, Marisa. Kiripati, uh, Sarah Purcell, Shifra Hessian, and uh, Jemima Adams Verling. Uh, a great opportunity from them, and uh, they didn't let themselves down or their families. Uh, great players to have. Absolutely. But just before um, you left that there, uh, also along with the under 15s, uh, uh, Craig's uh, hosted the uh, earlier in the day an under 16 game, uh, a friendly against La Rey. And um, you know they they had a nice win against that Ray. And follow, following that, the uh, Craig's had two under eighteen uh, cup finals, uh, Connacht under eighteen cup finals on the day as well. So Craig's was the busy place uh, last Sunday, uh, 
hosting uh, four underage games. And again, it showed um, uh, that we're able to cope. And I want to thank all the, the stewards and, and people that done the gate and done the stewarding on, on the day. Um, it was very, very well run. Uh, just as you said, the under-18 girls, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a great honour for the club, uh, for a club that has only maybe started back with uh, women's rugby again to have six players on the on the Connell panel, and as you as you outlined there, uh, and we have already got wins now over Munster and Ulster, and the next up will be will be um, Leinster. So uh, it's all to play for. They're 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 going well. Uh, the Craig's girls are getting on the score sheet. They got they got a number of tries both in the Munster game and in the Ulster game, and you know that's great for for them and it's great for their development that they're getting uh, rugby at, at this at this level within within the province and able to play in the interpro series against uh, uh, the other three provinces. So. I mean, you know, like uh, uh, in we ha- might look out that we might have future girls from Craig's on on the national uh, on the Irish team again. So it'll be lovely to see uh, players again uh, coming from the women's team uh, like before uh, that we had uh, a number of girls that represented us on on the Irish team. That uh, maybe not too long in the dis- not too long away that we'll have further. Uh, girls on the on the team. That's it, and of course, I suppose the future of uh, women's rugby in the club is uh, is looking good for the future. And who, who knows? Like uh, something that we we've mentioned on on the podcast before is maybe you know when enough of these uh, players come through and they're old enough, maybe to set up to set up a senior squad. Of, of course, that takes time and finances and all, and all that. But wouldn't it be great, like in the future, if that could happen and where maybe those players could stay on a bit longer in the club, but also with, with as well as playing for the club, then you know when they go to colleges and that maybe play colleges rugby at university level, um, that that would be great as well. And uh, the, you know with the two of them couple like that would be it'd be um, a great opportunity for those players and a springboard for their future. Yeah, um, talk to uh, the current coaches, say of the under eighteen squad, and they're looking at that uh, scenario about uh, getting uh, a team together and maybe, you know, get, getting players um, on on a, on a wider field to maybe uh, line out a senior team because uh, it would be great. It would be great again for the club. Um, the club was very vibrant when we had the w- a senior women's team before, and I have no doubt. That with with the powers to be and the interest that's in uh, uh, women's rugby, that we will be able to get a, a senior side up and running uh, in 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 a year or two. Would it be better, maybe you know, instead of kind of going from eight, under eighteen straight into senior, maybe to have that stepping stone of an under twenties, or like as obviously with the quality of these players, obviously they're playing, they're, they're representing Connors, they're representing the club by playing. Playing for Connacht and that that that's great. Like, are they good enough to go from straight straight from under 18s to kind of a very young Craig's um, senior senior side uh, in Craig's rugby, or um, would it be would it be going via an under 20s grade? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I suppose like in, in women's rugby, the under 20 structure isn't really there for them to. to oh, right. to, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
that's that's a difficulty that but you know uh, some of these girls are uh, I I can think that uh, seeing them playing that they will be well able to step up to senior rugby. That's it. And of course, you know, when you think of the quality of the coaching that's going on in the rugby, uh, you know, in the club, in the women's game, you know, if they're if they're of that standard, then they'd, they'd be well able to, although being a very young, a very young senior side, it, it'd be, um, you know, and they'd, they'd be playing obviously against a lot more experienced clubs, I suppose, at, at senior uh, in the women's game, they'd still be they'd still be learning a lot in those games, and you know who knows, you know, in, in certain games if they won some of the games, it's it's all part of the development. Absolutely, Aidan, and that's what we that's what we all look forward to. You know that you know all all the clubs are starting in Canada. It's a it's a young game in in Canada at the present time, so that's why I say that to step up from under 18s um, might be as big as it would be maybe in other provinces. So moving on to the men's uh, the men's second and first teams. What's the what's the latest there? Uh, any games? What games are this weekend? Well, I suppose the last last weekend with the big international on the, the no no games were um, were, um, were played at, uh, at senior level. But um, this weekend a big game and Craig's for our uh, second side or development team against our ladies boys club um, on Sunday afternoon. Um, this is a, an important league game for them to, uh, in relation to mid table to improve their position within within the table. And then they will be into a, a further playoff again if they win this. Uh, Craig's uh, second side has also qualified for the uh, the junior uh, C Cup as well, um, and that will be um, uh, played against Uttarard. So uh, the, you know the more games that they get be, be, before the cup uh, before the cup final will will be to their benefit. The first the first team. Uh, await the outcome of um, Connemara and um, Castlebar this weekend. Uh, they play. They play in the semi-final. Craig's is into the final, so we play the the winners of Connemara and Castlebar. Um, and uh, you know, we we look forward to that. We're we're both in the league final and we're in the semi-final of the Connacht uh, Cup as well, which is a, a home draw against uh, Ballinrobe. So all these games are coming up. Our first team has no game this weekend, but they're they're trailing strong uh, in the you know for for these two two important games that's coming up within within the next couple of weeks. That's great, and we wish them all the best. Uh, all, all the teams and the, the best luck for this weekend for anyone that has games over the next couple of weeks. And moving on to Buccaneers and the under 16s win the Connacht League title, which is a which is great a great start to the a great start to the to the month, I suppose, for them. It's great to see them winning titles. Yeah, well, the underage uh, the teams is uh, you know are doing well in in uh, Buccaneers. 